Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number four of Revelation chapter 16. And we're going to be reading verses four through six. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I'll stop reading there now. Once again, this is the judgment of the world. God is sending forth his people, his messengers, that are going forth with Christ, the Spirit of God, to bring the wrath of God. It's judgment day. And therefore, when the people of God share the things that the Bible is saying, it will be as if they're pouring out the vial of the wrath of God. And and here the second angel poured out his vial in verse 3 upon the sea. It became as the blood of a dead one, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And let, let's just think about this, because um, if you remember in our last study, we looked at Revelation 8. And in Revelation 8, It said in verse 8, And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea, and the third part of the sea became blood. So when God judged the church, as the third part of the sea is language that's pointing to the judgment on the churches, the gospel water within the congregations was turned to blood to indicate God's judgment was upon it, and you cannot drink the the water anymore. Now, that especially is in view um, in verse 4 of Revelation 16, where it speaks of the rivers and fountains of waters where you could get water to drink. And And so God did this to the church, but also in Revelation, in Revelation chapter 11... Concerning the two witnesses, it says in Revelation 11, verse 5, And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. The two witnesses, and the two witnesses um, represent the law and the prophets, or Moses and Elijah, and Moses typifies the law and Elijah the prophets, and the law and the prophets stands for the Bible, and, and so the two witnesses ministered within 
the congregations within the church during the church age and during the course of their ministry, which occurred over 1955 years. They had power to shut heaven, that it rained not in the days of their prophecy, and power over waters to turn them to blood. Now, how can we understand that? We understand that when the church age ended, as Revelation chapter 8 pictures, and and then the water turns the blood because it's the judgment of God upon the whole corporate body, the whole church, and and their salvation is ruined, or their gospel is ruined, so there's no more salvation. But how could the two witnesses, while within the church, the witness of God's word within, turn water to blood? And the answer is that through the teaching of the Bible, as the Bible dictates and the Bible commands what is the true gospel. And the Bible says, for instance, in Revelation 22, in verses 18 and 19, that whoever subtracts from the word or whoever adds to the word, the plagues written herein shall be added unto them. And and therefore, the word of God, all through the church age, would turn the water of a church that went astray or a denomination that went off and dared to subtract or add to the word of God, their water would be turned to blood because the word of God would judge that church and judge that denomination. And and they would no longer have the blessing of God and and so all their gospel teaching all their reading of the Bible within that individual church or uh, denomination was turned to blood. It it could not benefit the people. And that's exactly the idea here in Revelation 16, where the vials are poured out upon the sea and the river and the fountains. It is the sources of water and the vials that God is commanding be poured out indicate that all sources of water in the earth, in the world, have now become blood. You cannot drink them like the Egyptians were loath to drink of the water of the river. It's not that they, they, they could drink. You, they could not because the water was undrinkable and and that indicates there can be no blessing spiritually to a sinner wherein they could become saved. Well, it says in verse 5 of Revelation 16, And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. And here God uh, makes reference to his eternal being with this statement that he uh, which are or is uh, he he is the ever present one and lost uh, he is from eternity past and shall be he will always be in eternity future he is the god that inhabits eternity and so the angel or messenger of the waters is making this statement, O Lord, which art 
and wast and shalt be. Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. That is the judgment of God upon the world. And God's judgment is a spiritual judgment to begin with. It is the end of salvation. The day of salvation is ended and, and the light of the gospel is put out. The earth is dark in a way it's never been dark like this before where there is no possibility of salvation anywhere in the world. Not, not outside of the church and not in the church. Not with the old and not with the young. Not with the rich or the poor. Not with anyone at all who is in their sins. There cannot be salvation. And yet, thou art righteous, O Lord, because you have judged this. This is a righteous judgment. And righteous means just that. It is right. It is good. It is just. It is proper. It, it is according to the law. The, the wages of sin is death and, and God graciously, kindly, mercifully, long sufferingly, patiently put up with the sins of mankind for thousands of years. Thousands of years. Uh, we, we can't even imagine because we're creatures limited to um, 70 or 80 years at best. Uh, some live a little more and, and others die a little sooner. But for thousands of years, generations and generations of sinners have entered into the world and have all done the same thing. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there is none righteous, no, not one. And this righteous God, this perfect, holy, and just God has endured the sins of mankind in, in generation after generation in order that he accomplish his salvation plan and save his elect. And so God permitted time to continue. There was a need for this. It was necessary that a certain period of time and seasons be allowed to unfold in order for God to save each one that he intended to save from the the uh, generations of man that would enter into the world until the last one to be saved was saved in God's perfect timetable by May 21, 2011, that mark 7,000 years from the flood on the very day, the equivalent day, uh, that the Lord shut the door of the ark. It was the 17th day of Noah's second month when he shut them in and brought the flood waters for 40 days and 40 nights to destroy the earth. And on that equivalent day, 7,000 years later, May 21, 2011, that had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of the 17th day of the second month. God shut the door. It was the last day of the Great Tribulation, the 8400th day. It was Judgment Day 
for the world, and God turned the waters of the world to blood on that day, and it was a righteous judgment. Finally, the time had come. Finally, God would no longer be long-suffering with the sins of mankind, and now mankind would be judged. The official day of the Lord, the official day of judgment had come, and so God, uh, in shutting the door and putting out the gospel lights and in um, ending the latter rain and turning whatever water there was in the world to blood, God did a righteous and just thing, and and it's being recognized here, thou art righteous. There's no injustice or unrighteousness in this at all, although some have made that accusation when they hear that the door is shut and uh, there is no more salvation. Well, they say that's not fair. That's not just. That's not right, they say, for little children or, or for babies born after that time. Or that's not right for these people or those people. And no, no one can make that charge. No one can accuse God of doing something that is not right, that is not just, that is not proper when it comes to the judgment of mankind. God only had a salvation plan available in order to save his elect. And since he knows who they are, he could end that salvation program, obviously, it, it, uh, from his perspective, let's take a, a look at it from God's perspective, as he has that eternal perspective on things. He knew, of course, who the last one to be saved was. He saved that individual, and now there's no more elect. Everyone whose name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life was found. There are no more Lost sheep of the house of Israel. They've all been brought into the kingdom of heaven. They are all children of God, every one of them. And therefore God opens up his word in the day of wrath to reveal the righteous judgment of God. Remember that verse in Romans chapter 2. It says in verse 5, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So God completed his salvation program. He saved the last of the elect. And, and, uh, and therefore there is no purpose any longer. Uh, the, the gospel was never intended as like some sort of psychological uh, ointment for mankind uh, that that are unsaved, just just so it could benefit them to think that there's a possibility of salvation. No, the the gospel had a very specific purpose to save the lost, to find those elect people that were chosen to be found. That was the only purpose in sending forth the gospel into the world to seek out and and have the word of God save them 
And then once they were saved, the evangelization process naturally came to a close. Why would God send mission trips um, overseas uh, carrying messages, uh, um, encouraging people to cry out for mercy when there was no more mercy or no more salvation? So he ceased doing that. He ended his program of evangelization. He had accomplished his purpose. He had uh, he had done it. It was it was all finished now. As far as who were to be saved, they were found and saved. And 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 so God then makes that known. And you see, that's the problem. If God had saved all the elect and had not made it known, well, then people wouldn't be disturbed. But he makes it known as part of the righteous revelation in the day of wrath. That's when we've come to know this. In this period after the tribulation, in Judgment Day, we've learned certain truths about God's judgment, spiritual judgment, the elector left on the earth to live through it, and so forth. And 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 people are upset, and people make accusations. It's not right, it's not just, and it, it, it really, um, just as someone would say, that election is not right and it's not just. Uh, it, it's not fair. Uh, God's not giving everybody an equal chance. It, it is what some people accuse God of when they hear about election, that God will only save those certain individuals that were predestinated to become saved. Oh, I don't like that. They say that that's not fair. And, uh, of course, in Romans, since we're there, God warns about that kind of thinking when he says uh, in verse 8 of Romans 9, Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing form say to him that formed it? Why hast thou made me thus? Has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? that he might make known the riches of his glory in the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. So here God is saying he is sovereign. It is his salvation plan. He will save whom he decides to save. And when people fight back and kick against the pricks and argue with God, well, God just simply says he will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy as sovereign Lord. And it's the very same thing when it comes to not who God saves, but when he saves. And when when he is determined to save within a set uh, period of time and to then end his salvation on an appointed day, that he has reserved as the day of judgment. And 
And then, if it be God's will to allow the world to continue on for a prolonged judgment day, as uh, he has done, a very likely 1600 days, then who can argue with God? Who can say it is not just or right or that God or, or that this teaching is not good and it's really implying there is fault with this judgment. There is error. There is something wrong with this judgment of God that, that, uh, children could be born, that, that there is a world full of people and God is allowing 24 hour days of time to pass one after another without saving any of them. Oh, they accuse. What a horrible thing that is. Well, uh, who are you if you think that or if you you believe that? Who are you to argue with the righteous judgment of God? It isn't God, even in this judgment, um, showing himself to be a gentle, merciful God uh, that is kind towards even those that he is destroying, that is, he's not casting man into hell forevermore, as churches and congregations teach erroneously, and punishing them, torturing them with an eternal torment, even little children. No, God's not, has no such plan, never did have a plan to do that. This is a righteous judgment of God. And, and all right, so be it. It is God's judgment. We don't shrink away from it. It's what the Bible teaches. He shut the door to heaven on May 21, 2011. He ended his salvation program. This is God's determination. God's doing. When we read Luke 13 and verses 24 and following, when once the master of the house has risen up and has shut to the door... It's not the the lowly servant. It's not the doorkeepers that the true believers are. We're we're just servants. We're we're people who do the the will of the master. But it's the master of the house who rose up and has shut to the door. It was God who shut Noah in. We read in Genesis chapter seven. Noah didn't shut the door of the ark. God shut him in. And it's God who shut the door in our time. And so God is sovereign over whom he saves. Jacob have I loved, but Esau I hated. I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. And God is sovereign over when he saves. There is a day of salvation. And the last hour was the 11th to the 12th hour in that work day. As the Lord Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? And and I must work while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. That's the judgment of God. The judgment of God is that the work, and this is, the work it says in John six twenty seven through twenty nine that when when the Jews were saying to Jesus uh, tell us uh, what what works to do or what is the work of God and Jesus responded this is the work of God 
that ye believe. Well, you perform that work, the Bible says, while it's day, while it's the day of salvation, while the spiritual sun is in the celestial heaven and the spiritual moon and the spiritual stars. And and God tells us when those lights of the gospel, which enlighten the world, will be removed. It are immediately after the tribulation, and the great tribulation ended on May 21, 2011, after an exact 23 years, 8,400 days, on the mark of 7,000 years from the flood, God ended the tribulation and let it be known, this is the day I shut the door to the world. And God used the resources of the most faithful ministry on earth to get that message to all the world in an unprecedented manner because he wanted people to have that advance notice and they were warned. And and now uh, it's people who, who knew all about that that charge and accuse. Oh, this, it, it, it's just not right. Well, God says in his word, this is judgment day. This is a righteous judgment. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Just like there's nothing wrong with election for God to do uh, as he, he so chooses to do with vessels, with his pottery as he is the potter, with sinners that deserve uh, only destruction, none deserve salvation. And, and so likewise, God can determine time to save and a time not to save. To everything, there is a season. There is a time to plant or a time to save, sowing seed. And there is a time to pluck up that which is planted or to reap in the time of harvest. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.